step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. So, I salute this house. The blessing words of grace, mercy, and peace. To the bishop, I salute you with the blessing words of grace, mercy, and peace. To bishop-elect, to all kingdom leaders, to Deacon Jackson, for those who are in the offices of the church, those who are of ascension giftings of the church, and those who find themselves to be real disciples to the church student. I salute you with the blessing words of grace, mercy, and peace. To my own family, I salute them in the blessing words of grace, mercy, and peace. But in all the salutations or greetings for this morning, as always, there's not just a word, but there's revelation and illumination that I believe that comes from the Lord on today. Amen. And for those of you who have the word of the Lord with you, if you would kindly turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. Amen. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And once you've found it, if you can, please signify by standing on your feet as we reverence, honor, or respect the word of the Lord. Amen. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And I want to tune in to verses 1 through 4. Amen. And if you would, once you found it, please signify by saying, Men of God, we've got it. Men of God, we've got it. Amen. Amen. And I'm reading the passage from the Standard King James Version, and it declares thus, Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so we would abound more and more. For we know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification. Let me say that again. This is the will of God. Even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know 
how to possess his vessel in sanctification and in honor. If I had to give you a title as you get ready to take your seats in the presence of the Lord, the title this morning would be True Sanctification is Through Jesus Alone. True Sanctification is Through Jesus Alone. Good morning once again church I pray that all is well in his presence but this morning we once again until the Lord has shifted the direction for this house we in obedience stick with the word or the seed that he's given us for this year amen which I iterate in each and every individual's hearing, the Lord has us continually on the journey of sanctification. And as we continue on this journey of sanctification, I believe the Lord threw me a boomerang with the title. Uh, and as I say that, let me iterate the title again, through sanctification, is through Jesus alone. Now I know as some hear that, you know, you look at the fancifulness of a title to encourage you, to empower you, to kind of uh, draw a conclusion as to where the speaker is going with the word, amen? And I'm not saying anything is wrong with that, but what I do want to say this morning in regards to this particular message, the Lord reminded me, he said, there's many things that people will do that looks like it's godly, but it's only good. And, and the reason I say that that way it's because I don't want anyone under the sound of my voice as I believe I am representing God, representing his Holy Spirit, and definitely representing his son. I don't want anyone to take what revelation is being given to use it for personal agenda. And when I say personal agenda, there are many principles or teachings from the word of the Lord that the world prostitutes. They will use it for something else because they know it, with it being foundationed in the word of the Lord, then they know it can come into fruition. All they got to do is the right things in order to use it the way that they need to use it. And some will dress it up like God, but they will never give the Lord God the credit for the principle that they're using for their own personal gain. And so I say that because even as we define the term sanctification to separate and to dedicate, some people can use that for a worldly concept. So I have to imply, even in the title, true sanctification, which means 
sanctification being yoked to the word of the Lord for the life of the individual. And did that we're talking about that version of sanctification, it can only come through Jesus Christ and no one else. There's no other thing that man can create. There's no other thing that man can establish. There's no other thing that man can hold on to to give you a true version of sanctification without Jesus Christ being in the equation. Amen. So as I say that, the Lord still once again wants us to be sanctified in him. But now I must also share before getting into the passage. Um, I was ministering on yesterday um, regarding sanctification. Amen. And the Lord had me reiterate the word itself in the hearing of individuals. Amen. And I've shared with you the core definition. But the Lord said, in order for people under my spirit and under my word to be able to use it to its fullest capacity, they need to understand the proper use of every iteration of the word. So in that, I want to place in your hearing, when we say sanctification, there is a root word called sanctus. Sanctus means holy, sacred, separated, dedicated. That is it in its root form. The next term I give you is sanctity. Sanctity is what carries the qualities of holiness. Sanctus is holy. Sanctity is carrying the qualities of being holy. The third term is sanctify. And what's interesting about sanctify, everywhere that it is used in the Bible, it is to identify who or what needs to be holy. Because the Bible will say sanctify yourselves or sanctify this. So sanctify is to identify what is supposed to be holy. What is supposed to have the qualities of holiness? Next, we have the term sanctification. Sanctification is the process, which is what we're in the middle of now as we are learning since January of this year that the Lord calls us to be holy or to be sanctus, or to have a sanctity to ourselves, in order to do that, 
You have to go through sanctification, which is the process of getting there. The last term is sanctified, which means I have arrived to the place where I'm recognized by who told me to be holy, says I look holy unto them. Not holy according to how I see myself, but holy according to how they see me. And when I become sanctified in the eyes of the Lord, which is, as I said in the title, only by way of Jesus Christ. Now, this is the standard I must maintain in my life or my lifestyle or my livelihood. It's not meant for me just to be a Christian or a believer that reads the Bible and thumps scriptures to people. If the Bible that I read is something that's being applied to my life versus being a Charles Dickens novel that sits on the shelf by the fireplace while I'm eating chestnuts and drinking cocoa. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody this morning. Amen. This word is not meant to be external from me. It is the memoirs of my own life in order to tell me about me in order for me to be like him. And when I began to apply this to my life, sanctification being sanctified is no longer something that I'm heralding. It's something that my life begins to declare to everyone that sees me. Am I speaking Amen. this morning? Amen. I know some of my fellow apostles would say you walk in heavy man of God in the spirit because this is truth. It's a hard truth for some, but truth is truth. Sometimes we have to check our own selves in the house of the Lord when it comes to what's right. So, as I have now framed once again the seed that the Lord has us working with this year. Y'all understand this, this is a seed within a seed. And as we have been looking, there's a lot of internal seeds within the seed. She's like, wow, I didn't know there were so many things that could be preached or teached regarding one one source word. But yet here's the thing. The Lord says there is a harvest that needs to be done to the house of the Lord. And you can't be in that harvest if every seed hasn't been planted and every bit of water of nurturing, especially for you being the soul that it's planted in. So now, as I state that, let us begin to look at what the Lord, I believe, wants to show us about true sanctification coming through him. The Bible starts here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1. 
It uses the word furthermore, and furthermore in the Greek means henceforth, to imply going forward. So right now I'm giving you insight that what you are now about to hear is something that's not meant for your past. It's meant to be in your now to walk you into your future. So the Bible says, therefore, or henceforth then, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus. And see, what's, what's deep about this is people have questions, but they don't have the right questions asked to them. I know some are looking at me strange right now. What do you mean by that? Well, technically, the writer says when he says beseech you, he says, I ask you a question. Henceforth, as fellow believers, there's a question that we present to each other every time that we come into the presence of each other. And that question is, have you been invited, invoked, inspired, or called upon by our Lord Jesus Christ? <sighs> Apparently that didn't register. There's, uh, there's no emotion in the house, apparently that's not registering with everybody. Let, let me say that again. Every time that I come into the presence from here forward, does it cause the question to prick me if I have been invited, invoked, inspired or called by Jesus Christ. And not only should it cause me to ask that question to myself, it should cause you to ask that question to yourself as well. Everywhere that I go, if I'm claiming I'm going in the presence of men of God and women of God, does it make me feel like I've been invited to the right place in order for him to have interaction with me? If that question does not present itself, whether it's by the person you encounter or you in yourself begin to ask yourself that question about your relationship with the Lord. Something is wrong. You're in the wrong place. You ain't got the right anointing hovering around your life. You haven't had the right experience and maybe you're not reading the right word because it should cause something to change and switch in your mind regarding where you're at and what you represent. Amen. The Bible says, I exhort you not by my own flesh, not by my own agenda, but by the Lord Jesus. 
that as ye have received of us. That means those that I come into the presence of, if they have been representing the right Lord, I should never encounter them and leave empty-handed. Mm -hmm. If I'm around those who claim that they've received the Lord, then every time that I get into the presence of them, there should be something that they're giving me as a gift and how dare me not be able to give them a gift back. That's it. Now, I don't want anybody to misinterpret that I'm talking about what's in your pockets. No, no, no. We're not talking about worldly gifts. We're talking about spiritual gifts. That means if I have received the gift of the Lord and his Holy Spirit, then there should always be something that I can impart to you as a spiritual gift that you feel rested assured. You leave the conversation knowing that you are greater than before the conversation ever occurred. How many of you right now know what I'm talking about and have experienced what seems to be an indictment against the kingdom? Amen. Not, not only do you encounter individuals in the body of Christ, but even when you encounter individuals in the body of Christ, there's never a conversation about the Lord when you get there. There's never a conversation that you have in the vestibule or in the bathroom or in the parking lot or in between the aisles. There's nothing that nobody can give you. The only one that can give you something is if you're engaged with the preacher and that's the only time that something is spoken to you. Are there times that there's nobody in the anointing in the house of the Lord that can't nobody give you nothing if they claim that they went to Barnes and Nobles and Walmart and bought the B-I-B-L-E and ain't nobody got one single scripture or anointing of a word that they can give you then there's something wrong with the church and the transformation that's supposed to occur. This is what the Bible says. Not only should there have been something that came across to strike your nerve. But what comes across in the dialogue should be something that causes your step to change. Okay. Some people like walking dilapidated. Some people like walk, and I want you to understand. I'm not talking natural, I'm talking spiritual. This is a spiritual conversation. Some people like walking according to affliction versus deliverance. But by the passage, Bishop, it said, if I present the question to you of you being invited or invoked based on Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. 
then the question is being presented to you based on how I'm walking in him. See, sometimes I, I don't necessarily have to verbally give you a question. What happens is the question come to you when you see one walking in the anointing of Christ Jesus. They're walking righteously and you ain't walking right. That could it be. That's why some people turn and go the other way when they see you coming, because they know based upon the anointing that's on your life as to how you're going to walk and encounter them. They don't want to face the music of the question that's presented, whether it comes out of your mouth or not as one walking in righteousness because they have allowed themselves to be influenced to walk a different way. That's why they say I'm walking away from you. I don't want to see you because I know what happens is you walking in the Lord is going to check who I am in reality outside of the church. Come on, let's have real talk right now. See, right now the church ain't Walmart. The church right now is supposed to be everywhere that you step if you're in a place that you are understanding sanctification being real in your life. Amen. The Bible says, not what apostle says, not what archbishop says, what, what doctor says, the Bible says how you are to walk to please God. How you ought to walk. Now, I remind each and every one, we've got the revelation. Walking as a spiritual context doesn't mean putting one foot in front of the other. It means to be led, proceeding forward, or making progress while being led by the Spirit, i.e. the Holy Spirit. So, I know that I am supposed to be walking according to the spirit, i.e. being led. If every encounter that I have righteously according to the word of the Lord from my brethren who are supposed to be walking the same way, then I should be one who represents that the spirit of the Lord is guiding me where I'm going. And in the same turn, spirit recognizes spirit. I should see the same thing with everybody else that claims to be in the same family with me and claim to be walking the same direction because once again the word is not external we're all walking according to it being an internal spirit unto ourselves this is what pleases God now for some that may say okay walking in the spirit I'm being led by the spirit I'll give you a couple of passages to kind of Enhance what that looks like when you turn to Psalms 119 verse 11. It tells you about hiding the word in your heart Meaning to encase the word in your thinking What did I what have I already said the word should not be external it needs to be internal. That's what Psalms 119 is implying. I have to, if I'm going to walk by the way of the spirit, the spirit can't walk with you if the instructions aren't laid within. Let, let, let me say that again. The spirit has a desire to walk in you, but you've got to have the instructions already laced within who you are internally. So the Bible says that I need to hide it or engraft it 
within me. It's engrafted because the living word of the Lord being inside of me does not have to be pulled out of me and put in a book necessarily in order for anybody to know I have the word in me. The fact of the matter is the word is in me based upon me allowing it to transform the internal state of myself that now I live by that whether I recite it or not. First John 1 John 1.9, it says to confess our sins. I have to acknowledge while I'm walking, when I get in error or flawed or when my thinking goes astray of what was already engrafted within, I have to be mature enough that I can recognize and admit where I am flawed in my unrighteous thinking. See, because until you do that, the Holy Spirit has trouble walking with you. If that ain't so, I, I could have swore in Amos chapter 3, it says, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? That, that means there has to be a mental decision that's made in order for two or more to be together. So the Holy Spirit says, well, wait a minute, I'm not agreed with you because you don't even have it, i.e. the word engrafted in you so that it is your gauge of measurement to determine what's right and wrong. I can only walk with righteousness. I don't walk with unrighteousness. And in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, about escaping temptation. I won't make the declaration that you won't sin. But the thing is, as long as you're in these earthen vessels and you're on the journey of sanctification, there's always going to be temptation that's going to come your way. To pull you off. If it pulls you off, it's become your sin and your iniquity. But if it doesn't, it only becomes your test to affirm that you're going in the right direction. See, that's the counter to this. Everything that's presented to you unrighteously in your thoughts ways to see what's your response. Are you going to act on it or are you going to allow yourself to readjust back to what's the truth of righteousness in order to lead your life in the right direction? See, sometimes you, if I put this in an analogy like a computer, A lot of people only use antivirus software when the computer gets corrupted. That's fine. But if you notice, if you purchase antivirus software in advance, listen to what I'm saying. You pay a price 
but yet you, you're paying a price for something to be loaded in advance. It's meant to counter any corruption that wants to have an attempt to work on your system. So last time I looked at the 66 books, the 66 books were greater than Microsoft DOS. Because the 66 are infallible. It is an antivirus software or medication that's meant to be given to those in the process of sanctification. See, just like if I still use the analogy of somebody who has an illness that has a bacteria in their life, a physician will give you a medication to deal with the bacteria. And the medication, if I put it in spiritual terms, is sanctification because it's meant to purge what's made you ill it's meant to purge what has you in a uh, afflicted state but in the same turn what else is significant even about the medication is the physician will say once you get cleared up you still got to take it for a little while afterwards because what does it do it increases your immune system so that if the same bacteria tried to come, it would have a harder time trying to break you down because you built up another level of resistance. Am I teaching somebody something this morning? Uh, so the Bible says... We're supposed to walk and please God. So you would abound more and more. You would excel. You would be successful. You would be more intact by taking the medication of the word, which is your sanctifier. The Bible continues on here in verse two of the passage. It says, for ye know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. Huh. The writer says, you know what prescription you were given by the righteous doctor. Okay, still some looking at me deep. I know some were dialed in here last week when Bishop was ministering. And I said, it's very profound that she would minister from Matthew 19, verse 16 through 21. Y'all know uh, the rich man and homeboy was like, yeah, I've, I've done everything that the boys Say, dude, y'all, y'all know I, the priests like me. Look, look at me, look at me. They like me because I do the right thing. I photobomb. I give peace signs. I'm, I'm everywhere. Y'all, y'all know I'm giving real talk. 
I'm, I'm everywhere, everything going on. But Jesus had a little talk with him. Y'all know old church. Let's have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about our troubles. He'll hear our faintest cry and he will answer by and by. Yep. So Jesus had a little talk with him. He said, hey, I, I do this. What, what do I need to do to be with you? So what's interesting, Jesus gave him commandments. The old covenant. Uh, uh, what, what, what Moses received on, as some say, Mount Sinai, others say Mount Horeb. But what he received as the commandments in Exodus chapter 20. Jesus tells him, do not kill. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. Love thy neighbor. Now, if I may, let me, let me touch some theology because I believe the Lord gave me a whole nother enlightenment as to why Jesus articulated these. Many people, when we talk about the Ten Commandments out of Exodus chapter 20, we, uh, we look at the commandments physically. Amen. We, 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 we make the commandments applicable to our fleshly lifestyle. But I began to wonder as the Lord began to show me something. He said, that's all fine and dandy because the physical is a manifestation of the spiritual. But have my people been looking at my commandments in association with the spiritual, i.e. how these things refer to me? Uh, okay, so some still ain't grabbing. You're still looking at me hard. Okay, so his ten commands, the very first one, thou shalt have no other gods before me. The Lord God is giving Moses commandments regarding relationship with himself. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. The, the Lord God in the commandments is articulating commands to Moses for the people regarding how they should spiritually live their lives within the guidelines of the commandments because the commandments have spiritual connotation. Okay, I know I'm really touching some theology right now. Some may be getting tight in their jaw because you're like, well, the commandments, you know, thou shalt not kill. Well, how many folks are you still killing in the spirit? Thou shalt not commit adultery. How, how many? Because some say, well, I ain't committed adultery because I ain't married. Yes, you are. But if you claim that you married to the Lord, if you're in covenant with him, how many of you are committing spiritual adultery? Ah, that's a hard one to chew on. Some right now in the church, I ain't stole nothing a day in my life. How many of you been stealing Christ's heart? Thou shalt not bear false witness. I ain't lied on nobody. You lied on Jesus. Peter walked with him and lied three times. 
What makes you say that you have not? Honor thy father and thy mother. Well, I talk good about Ma and Paul. Yeah, yeah, you talk good about Ma and Paul, but who's your spiritual father and who's your spiritual mother? Who, who do you have that, that's spiritually growing you and maturing you, that you give them honor? And, 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 and in the deepness about that, that word honor ain't talking about you just talking good about them. The word honor means to sow into. If you got spiritual parents in your life, how many of you are taking the opportunity to sow into them something beyond just showing up? Or just talking good in their presence. How many value? Uh, see, I believe if I if I can really be deep on this with everybody, when Jesus was dealing with the rich man, the conversation, even though the record is recording the commandments, he said, Jesus had a little talk with him and gave him the spiritual context, which is why his head was hung low. He had never looked at doing the commandments of the Lord God in context with the Lord for his own sanctification. See, watch this. Even for Moses to go up in the mountain, the Lord gave Moses a concept of sanctification by separating him from the people in order to give him commandments of dedication. So that when he came back down off the mountain, he was able to reconnect with them in order to tell them what connection and dedication is all about. But in order to do that, the precepts is for you to understand the depth of what's meant by the commandments. Because now Jesus turned around and he gave a sidebar with it. He not only laid out the commandments to resonate in the heart of the individual who had some stuff, but didn't have him. He laid some things out, but then he, he said, based upon the commandments I gave you, he said, in order to be perfect. Oh, somebody ain't heard me yet, Bishop Elect. In order to be perfect. Well, didn't we walk through spiritual perfection last year? We walk through spiritual perfection, meaning to be matured, to be complete, to be equipped. Jesus told him, and I'm not taking thunder, Bishop, from what you preached last week, but I'm showing everybody how word connects. Especially when you're hearing from the spirit and you're in tune with what the Lord is saying for a body of people, how message connects to message, connects to message, connects to message. Because I don't believe the Lord is going to lead any of you astray if you're obedient to hearing him because you want to be sanctified. So so in that, he says he told him in order to be perfect, when y'all go back and look at the passage, he says you need to sell what you have. Give to the poor and follow Christ. Them three weren't in the Ten Commandments. Watch this. The Ten Commandments should be producing this character out of those who are being sanctified by it. If those commandments I, I begin to apply them to my life, According to the spirit, then it should be moving me, Bishop, into a place that now I am not only doing what's right, I am also 
establishing my perfection in the Lord. Not perfection according to my own agenda or my flesh, but my perfection according to the Lord. And now that I'm moving in a perfect place in God, he says, now you will have wisdom to be able to discern what you need to let go of. There's so many things that you valued. And remember to sanctify in the definition. Remember I said, you got to separate from people, places, things, and words. There's things you got to separate. Jesus tells him the first thing you got to go sell or get rid of disconnect with what you got so that you can in turn transform what wasn't doing you no good into something that will do something good not just for you but for somebody else that's why the walk as a believer is not selfish you cannot do this just for yourself it's for the betterment of everybody else that's on the same journey why do you think that Jesus would sit on the mountain and give the Beatitudes? It's in order for the development of everybody that you're around so that they can go to the same source that you're headed to. Amen. Are y'all with me? <sighs> Try not to walk too heavy today, but the rain is hitting. Amen. Uh, saturating, saturating the place. So the Bible says, you know the commandments that we gave you according to the Lord. One just for my partner, the rich man. It's written for the record for you to assess for yourself as a believer in this dispensation, in this now. You know the commandments. Verse 3 says, for this is the will of God. This is the desire of God. This is the pleasure. This is the purpose. This is the command. This is the precept or the instructions of the Lord God. Even your sanctification to imply the commandments that you heed to. Amen. According to what the Lord God gave Moses as the record in the Old Testament, Jesus turns around and says they're alive and well in the New Testament. And he turns around the writer tells us by the text to codify what I've just said in your hearing going forward is that the commandments that were then are still now because they are to help assist you in your sanctification process. That's why the verse says, for this is the will or the desire of God, even your sanctification. Meaning the sanctification process comes in balance with itself based on commandments being your medication that you're living by. See, there's some people that claim to be New Testament Christians and they kind of disregard the old record. They say, OK, yeah. we'll need that. But they miss the fact that the Old Testament gives you foundation as to what the New Testament reveals. 
So those records are something that we can build upon, even as some claim to be a New Testament church. You can't build if you don't know the history. And when I say the history, I'm not referring to a history. And I, I make that delineation because a history is something that somebody writes based on what they know. The history means his history. So I can't build myself in sanctification unto the Lord without first knowing the foundation of what he's already spoken in order for it to still speak in my now. I ain't lose nobody, right? Amen. Because see, now that we can understand based upon verse three, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification, which is his will, you going through the process of separating things in order to dedicate to some things so that you are prepared to be consecrated unto him as a being who serves him day in and day out until eternity comes in thereafter. In that, what he says is based upon this, the commandments and uh, sanctification working together in your life. What he says is that you should abstain from fornication. The more that I live the life according to the commands of the Lord God through Christ Jesus. And the more that I sanctify myself based upon those commandments, because see, in reality of the matter, could it be that those commandments begin to also help you see what you need to separate from? Could it be that those commandments will help you see what you need to be dedicated in? And based upon that, it says now you will be able to abstain from fornication, Meaning there's some things in your life, whether physical or spiritual, that you connect to, but yet you're not in covenant with. And when I understand how things look from the spiritual perspective in conjunction with the physical, then I have to understand that I got to be very careful with what I connect with. Some things are for a reason, for a season, or for a lifetime. But I have to understand what category things fall in that I come in contact with and in the same turn if the Holy Spirit gives me the red flag that you ain't supposed to be connected with that it's trying to help you understand that you are not supposed to be subject to spiritual fornication that's being presented by what wants to step into your life are y'all there Praise the Lord. Last verse, last verse. If I can touch this. I hope I'm helping somebody this morning. But verse four. I believe this really speaks to true sanctification. Through Christ Jesus, it says that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. See, I have to understand, I can't have a false version of sanctification working in my life. If my version of sanctification is through Christ Jesus, being 
made holy. Then what the Bible says is that based upon my relationship with Christ Jesus being the template or the guide in my sanctification process, my process is not just for me to get there, but also to possess or own or attain or acquire or purchase the tools of getting there. Okay, listen, listen to me. Can I, can I still make this simple for someone to grab? I'll, I'm going to use an analogy of a car. A man... If you have a flat tire, it's one thing for you to go buy the tire for replacement. Amen? Y'all agree with me? It's another thing for you to have to pay somebody else to replace the tire. But now, if you learn in the process of replacement how that works, then that means it's not necessary that I always got to pay the price to somebody else for the replacement to occur. Now I know nobody under the sound of my voice is a Vulcan. Um, and no, I'm not, not talking about Star Trek. I know some are saying Vulcan, Star Trek? No, no, no. They call it Vulcanization when it comes to making rubber. When they make tires, that's, that's where they get the term Vulcans. So in that, I know none of us have a factory in our backyard. We may not be rubber makers or so forth, but there's nothing stopping you from owning your own tire iron. There's nothing stopping you from owning your own car jack. Uh, and, and get where I'm going with, with this. The Bible says that based upon you in this sanctification process, it's saying, how dare you pay the price for certain things in the process that you're not owning? How dare you continue in the process of sanctification and you don't value what you're having to pay and owning that so that when you arrive to being sanctified, you not only tell the story of how you get there, you got the evidence and everything that's needed as a witness. The Bible says for you to possess, meaning to own, to acquire, 
your vessel, which, once again, the word vessel in the Greek is skuos, which means equipment, the tools, the resources, everything that you came in contact with that you didn't have before you came in contact with it. You are supposed to possess it in the process. Because, see, this goes back actually to your purpose. Y'all remember in Genesis? Be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue, or take possession of so that you can have dominion in what you now possess. Am I teaching somebody something? And see, in that, it's why I believe the verse is not only for you to possess your vessel in sanctification, but also in honor. The word honor means value. You value what you have encountered and experienced. So see, sanctification for us as the believer is not just you trying to get sanctified, but you also valuing the process that you're required to go through to get there. Because what you value, that becomes your testimony or witness to those who have yet to go through sanctification. Why would anyone want to go through sanctification when the people that claim that they're sanctified ain't got nothing of proof to show for the record because there was nothing that they valued enough in the process to say this is something that I will give to those that are coming out after me so that I can make the process better for them and cause them not to have a give up mentality, not to become a victim, but become a victor because of what I have maintained and valued in the process of sanctification, which can only be done once again through Christ Jesus. Because if I claim that Christ Jesus is my Lord and he's everything that I'm all about, why should I give less value to anything that he's brought me through? Why should I not value the blessings of Christ? He didn't do it for it to be forgotten. If we claim that we're going to stand before the judgment seat... Many across faith believe there's a record that has to be reviewed. And we frame our minds around having the record of what we did right versus what we did wrong shown to us. But has anybody ever thought about the record of right and wrong based on what you valued? I give you that to chew on as a thought.
Amen. But I'm believing that in the Lord, it is significant that we embrace this, the true sanctification that we're called to through Him. But that it can only be achieved through Christ Jesus with Him being the source and Him being the one we value in the midst of it all. Amen. Amen. And amen. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.